We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Iron. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland, and as always I am joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime, one of the co-owners of Rotoviz and co-host of Stealing Bananas as well. Sean, it's going to be a fun week here for Rotoviz OT, we've got lots of stuff lined up, we're going to have Danny Kelly of The Ringer join us on the Thursday and Saturday show, so looking forward to doing that, something that we've wanted to do for a long long time and we're also uh, have a, a little bit of a competition going on we've been mentioning our youtube channel over the last uh, couple of weeks and um, it's growing each and every day thankfully but we're heading towards 500 we're at 450 at the moment but there is a contest on where you can win yourself a entry to a 125 dollar ffpc contest that contest being the never too early baseball tournament that myself sean and zach drafted in a couple of weeks back all you have to do is head on over to my Twitter feed if you want to enter in. There's a pinned tweet there. Hit retweet. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. That will also be in the show notes of today's show if you want to get easy access to find that. But Sean, one of my favorite comments on Twitter over the last kind of 24 hours with getting people to enter into that was from Mo Jassa, and he has said he subbed to the road of his YouTube channel just so he can see your reaction when Will Fuller is linked to the Chiefs, but they sign Alan Robinson instead. So I think I think uh, we'll see what happens over the coming days. But if that if something like that does happen, I think we'll have to get Sean's reaction just to just to let the people get what they want to see. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, if you want someone who is slow, doesn't separate and has decided that he's going to only play when it suits him i mean aj green's always available you don't have to pay alan robinson so but no we appreciate everyone signing up for the youtube channel we're having a lot of fun with that obviously we're having a lot of fun on Riloviz overtime and on stealing bananas and we have some free agent news and other returns from fake retirements to talk about today column uh, some of our drafts are, are shaping up nicely due to you know, players moving different places. We got Albert O, and now I would potentially have some other players back. You were excited to get Aaron Rodgers back with the Green Bay Packers. How excited should Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans be that Tom Brady has decided that obviously the retirement was silly? 
Yeah, I think it ended up being around 40 days uh, from when he said he was retiring until he decided he was coming back. So I can just imagine if this was Aaron Rodgers, what the, the, the public reaction would have been to it uh, compared to what it's been with Brady. But I do think um, all the viewers in the UK would have seen it. I'm sure you know, I've seen it circulating around social media. Tom Brady was at the Manchester United match this past week. He was talking to Cristiano Ronaldo on the, the pitch after. And then, you know, Ronaldo asked him, so you're finished and he kind of didn't look like he was definitely finished and then obviously very shortly after it I think maybe that was where the the beans were spilled and obviously now we know that Brady will be back for the season there had been reports about possibly even playing for different teams but back with the Buccaneers that also leads to you know the fantasy value of a lot of those Buccaneers players obviously being very stable now that he's back the likes of Mike Evans obviously you have possibility now that Rob Gronkowski who I thought would retire if Brady retired the likelihood is that he will probably be back in Tampa Bay this season and then you know some of the other people who are still free agents maybe they land back in Tampa Bay as well but I think for Buccaneers fans they've got to be delighted I think for anyone who has dynasty rosters with Buccaneers players on them that you know instantly helps those values out so um very positive all around for the Buccaneers do you think it's kind of a situation as as we were in 2021 heading into 2022 it kind of feels that way for for the Buccaneers from a fantasy perspective at the moment yeah my biggest concern or interest in Tom Brady is that I have a lot of shares in Superflex and you know we got some offers in some different leagues last season they never really made sense you're like for these prices just hold and, and let it go to zero I wasn't expecting it to go to zero in 2022 I was surprised when he retired, not as surprised that he has unretired. And I think that he'll have another solid season. A lot of this is going to come down to Chris Godwin and how healthy he is next year. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And sometimes we can get a little ahead of ourselves in terms of expecting every player to come back in a very short period of time, 100% healthy and at that same high level that they played at before. Obviously, love Godwin, have a lot of shares him as well so rooting for him very hard i just think we need to realize that you know even someone like a mike evans a lot of the players in his class at wide receiver are starting to struggle now and are getting into this range where it's a question of how will their careers go on obviously evans played very well last season we wouldn't expect that with him but again as you look at veteran players there is an element of collapse as opposed to slow decline with the vast majority of guys so we don't know when that's going to happen a lot of question marks still exist for the buccaneers but they become a fun team again they become a team where uh, whoever lands in that spot at running back is going to be very fantasy relevant and so oh, it's good for the nfl it's good for fantasy players i'm glad we had this as we said when he retired you know it, if you don't have darth vader in your storyline then the story's not as good so we're glad that brady's back Sean, the big question is with the Jacksonville Jaguars, what exactly are they doing? Free agency did hit on Monday and we had the legal tampering period. We had some of the news break out. Christian Kirk, who we've liked since he came into the league, but maybe not to the extent that the, the Jaguars have shown that they like him with the massive contact that they have handed out. They've also handed out quite a large deal to Zay Jones, $24 million over three years for him. And then we have Evan Ingram getting a one-year deal after moving over from the Giants. Argay over there, LaVisca Chanel, things didn't work out for his last year. Certainly looks like things may not work out for him in Jacksonville 
in 2022. Maybe he gets a, a move away. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars have, have seen enough and want to move on. But sometimes that fresh spot can can really help things out. So we get three guys coming in here and Kirk, who obviously I think is the the big the big talking point. Then we have Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. Last year, Trevor Lawrence looked like a, a disappointment based on the expectations coming in. But we've talked about this a few times. The situation in Jacksonville, the coaching staff, a lot of stuff going on there wasn't ideal. So hopefully him being there heading into year two and getting some more pieces around him can be uh, something that makes a difference. How do you feel about this? I, I was shocked at some of the money that was involved in these deals, but the Jaguars have to use up the cap in, in some way. Um, but I don't know if this was the, the wisest spent of money over the last kind of 24 to 48 hours. How, how do you see this playing out in Jacksonville? I think the money is the element that really jumps out to us, right? Because if he had been signed to a more reasonable contract, I don't think people would have batted an eye. Because Christian Kirk is a is a good wide receiver. He's the starting wide receiver in the NFL. And those players have real value to you. You know, you just you kind of go back and, and you think to yourself, well, you know, the, the Patriots easily won the Super Bowl after their huge signings of Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. Uh, Johnny Smith, right? I mean, signing a bunch of players who are are barely starters, that's that's the way to put together a dynamic offense, wouldn't you say? Now, I mean, I think that those types of parallels and that frustration, if you're a Jaguars fan, and then the frustration if you're a Christian Kirk fan that he is now in Jacksonville in this huge mess that they have going, and Christian Kirk isn't necessarily the guy you want as your wide receiver one either. I mean, he's this complimentary piece in all likelihood having said that he may be better than people realize and i had a lot of fun yesterday uh, michael hitchcock was doing a great job working on these fantasy reaction pieces for us using some really cool stats from the advanced stat explorer from the stealing signals tool listeners of the shows know about the the cool advanced info that we have in them and then obviously blair working with us as well so kind of the the trio working on these pieces and so i got a chance to work on the kirk piece with blair and, and blair had put together this sort of optimistic outlook for kirk and one of the things i think people may not realize is that he did hit you know 210 points last year that doesn't just happen he would have been in that range in 2019 if he hadn't missed three games when we look at what he's had to deal with you know, he has Josh Rosen as a rookie. He has Kyler Murray's rookie season for his second year in 2019 when Kirk actually played pretty well and Murray did not play well. And then gets overshadowed in 2020 by DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that's the year that has really soured everyone because that year we had high expectations. The results were very mediocre. And then he comes back last year, actually draws targets at the same per route rate as DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Hopkins misses some time, even with that, Kirk doesn't look like this huge impact player. And so I think from that perspective, it's hard to see him as someone who can really justify a contract anywhere in this vicinity. But as Blair points out, he's been a very good vertical player. You pull up the adjusted yards per attempt tool, and you can see that he's been very good on targets over 15 yards in his career last year he was actually much better underneath and so if you use him in the right role i think he can be a good starter on your team it's just when you're shelling out the kind of money that the jaguars are when you have a bad quarterback like the jaguars do when you don't have other pieces you know and christian kirk is being looked at as the savior i mean that's 
I, I think, an issue. But one of the things that I ran across as I was sort of looking this up is that because he just barely broke out, he does hit our technical breakout threshold, but he has a lot in common with players who we'd want to see as fifth-year breakouts. We talk a lot about changing teams as generally a detriment to established veterans with extensive resumes, but it's also been a catalyst for fifth-year breakouts. And one of the guys who had a very similar season in his fourth year before changing teams and blowing up was Emmanuel Sanders, right? He had a 1,100-yard air yard season, 270 yards after the catch, and 19% target share. You know, almost identical numbers to what we see with Kirk. The big difference here, obviously, is that Emmanuel Sanders went to play with Peyton Manning, whereas Christian Kirk has Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence was awful last year. I expect him to be better and perhaps a solid NFL quarterback, but it already does seem like from a both a film perspective and a statistical perspective, the comps, you know, we just did our rookie comp series using the road of a screener with a similar research feature. The comps are very, very bad. For Trevor Lawrence and when these are the types of weapons who are being brought in to help him take that leap you know you feel like you're back to this situation like Doug Peterson had in Philadelphia where his wide receivers did not light the world on fire even during that stretch where they go and win the Super Bowl right and so from a fantasy perspective I think that drafters were valuing Kirk as though he could go and have an opportunity in free agency I think he now has that opportunity from a volume perspective but we always want to be careful about that, right? I mean, receivers are going to draw targets based on their skill set, not just based on the targets that are available. And so I don't expect Kirk to really rise or fall too much from where Dynasty participants had priced him because there was hope for even a much better outcome. Obviously, there was concern that you could have a worse outcome, although in a lot of ways, from purely a fantasy perspective, this isn't great. Yeah, and I still have uh, faith that we may we may get you know a better version of Trevor Lawrence. We were both excited about him coming in, but year one was abysmal. I think that's the nicest way to put it. I mentioned Lavisky Chanel. We had hopes for him as well. Hasn't worked out last year, and it seems like he is on the trading block. Feels to me like I, I touched on a change of scenery. It feels like that's the only way we rescue that Lavisky Chanel uh, dynasty value. Yeah, and. The Chiefs are are looking. They're looking for someone who can barely run is is kind of what I'm seeing here. When you're being connected to Jarvis Landry and Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster, those are not fast wide receivers, right? So maybe Liz Fiskishanol could do some of that for you, catch some balls underneath, break some tackles. We do know that he does that fairly well. At this point, there's real skepticism about whether he can run a real NFL route, whether he can catch the ball downfield and both like get open, but also like physically catch the ball. His hands looked awful last season. The Chiefs may feel like they already have that Nicole Hardman though. So they should not may need to go in a different direction. Hey, Rotoviz fans. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal Rotoviz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRADIO2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year Rotoviz subscription. Enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Sean, I'm going to go rapid fire through a couple of these guys before we dive into some of our favorite guys and their moves in free agency or maybe stay in where they, they currently are. Uh, we have the Lions with uh, DJ Chark. We have the Packers um, kind of putting that uh, exclusive tender on Alan Lazard. So it looks like he's going to be back with the Packers. We have MVS looking like he has a market. They were two guys who we talked about a couple of different times over the last month or two and how things would work out. MVS could be very, very interesting depending on where he lands up. Lands up. It doesn't seem like he's going to be back with the Packers. A lot of interest in Deshaun Watson. That news is probably going to break on Wednesday or Thursday where he lands. We'll talk more about that, though, when that does happen. You touched on Jarvis Landry a second ago. He is a free agent, um, so there's a number of reports linked with the Chiefs, like you mentioned, has been linked with the Packers, kind of been linked with a lot of places. A veteran wide receiver um, could come in there. Some of the guys, though, Sean, that we do like that you know have – stayed where they're going to be is Mike Gusecki. He was somebody we've talked about a one-year deal. A lot of one-year deals coming in here, but um, some some tight end overpays. It feels like Mo Ali Cox when we're targeting some of these tight ends and tight end premium leagues. Three-year deal with him, re-signed with the Colts, $18 million. The Seahawks re-signed Will Disley on a three-year $24 million deal for him. So there was, there was money to be made in the tight end market, it seems, over the last couple of days. They are probably the least exciting of them. I, I will touch on DJ Chark coming back to that injury. Is there anything to add about Chark, Lazard, MVS, based on what we know so far before I dive in rapid fire to, to some of the guys that I think you all want to, to discuss? Yeah, Chark, I think, rehabs his value with the Lions in 2022 and then uh, hopefully can be part of helping a young QB in 2023 emerge right away have one of those prolific but perhaps uh, interception heavy rookie seasons and then take that second year leap you know like we get from a Peyton Manning like we get from a luck and at that point Chark and the Lions are really going I was uh, surprised and, and excited again looking back at Chark and his 2019 season just how well-rounded and explosive it was obviously one of the best athletes in the NFL considering the emphasis on athleticism it's surprising to me in some ways that teams are so excited about these washed up wide receivers and Chark goes to the Lions on I think a very favorable contract for them you mentioned Alan Lazard back with the Packers and an opportunity there based on what they do later in free agency but if MBS moves on as it looks like he will Lazard a, a really interesting sleeper type of player Mike Kosicki the, where the question of will the Dolphins and their new regime like what he brings to the table is basically just a big wide receiver right so the look there is that he'll back be back with the Dolphins always a possibility that that's just the first step in a multi-step process but I'm excited to see what he can do I think he'll be more of a focal point in terms of actually working to get him the ball in an offense that's functional and Tua taking the next step next year so we've been Gasicki fans continue to like that and as you mentioned some of these tight ends getting the contracts 
if you can block and have a little bit of receiving ability, you can leak out and make some of these key third down catches. You don't have to be a fantasy juggernaut at the tight end position to be a type of player that teams will want in reality. I think that's worth seeing on some of these tight end deals. Yeah, and you mentioned being able to block a little bit and catch on third down. Um, the Packers seem to be getting a really good deal on Alan Lazard then for four million versus some of these tight end <laughs> contracts. But uh, we'll go back to some more rapid fire towards the end of the show. But the other player, Sean, I wanted to discuss is James Conner, is Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds going down to Miami with his move. The two of them guys, obviously, last year with the Arizona Cardinals, both of them split in the backfield. Edmonds missed quite a chunk of the season through injury. Then we had the situation before that, but really during that time where we've seen James Conner really break out and be able to, to put up those touchdown numbers. Um, really fantastic season from him. In terms of yards, you know, from a Russian perspective, nothing all that outlandish, but in terms of touchdowns and what he could potentially do in this offense now with the the help of Edmonds not being there. Maybe they move some pieces in through the draft and things like that but they have paid him here quite a contract at the running back position looks like he's gonna be the lead guy in terms of our expectations of him coming in last year and getting the goal line work and how that played out from the early off season through to uh, the end of last season was fantastic and it looks like they're going to give him a real shot at the job here as well so what's your kind of thoughts on how that backfield pairing with both guys getting paid has has played out is there a possibility that both of them become values this year in terms of fantasy football and, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about james connor and him being potentially a five round discount before this move but that discount is is gone yeah this is the dream scenario for those participants who picked up connor in dynasty a year ago if you've been selecting him anywhere around adp and his adp never made any sense in the early going of 2022 because we continue to hear whispers that exactly this sort of thing would happen and because he was going to get to pick his spot when you have a player who is just a high value touch maven then they're going to be able to be in a position where he scores some points he really rehabbed his value in terms of the receiving ability he had all of those one-handed catches we know he's not going to be a guy who on first and second down breaks a lot of 20 and 30 yard runs but you don't have to if you bring those other things to the table you know, Benjamin there with Edmonds signing elsewhere becomes interesting because at some point the Cardinals are going to have to address some of the other weaknesses that they have. I like Connor because I think they're going to have a good season next year. I think that some of the drama at the end of the season with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and the GM and the owner and how all of that stuff had worked out, I think overshadows it was actually a very good season, especially within the context of how good the NFC West was. They're going to come back next year. They're going to be healthier. They're going to score a ton of points. It's going to be great for Connor. But I don't think they can afford to continue to put resources then into the running back position. Eno Benjamin, perfect for being that compliment. Now, I do think they'll, they'll add some other player, you know, either on a very small free agent signing or a late round draft pick. But we know that just like with Benjamin, those late round draft picks can take a while to work into being the type of back that you want to put out there on the field. And so there's a possibility for him to be a little bit more like Edmonds than people may be thinking. And then again, we always look at what's going to happen if the starter is injured. We don't want that to happen. It sometimes does. So he becomes an interesting sleeper, not someone you're going to go out and draft before the final rounds of your draft, but don't forget about him entirely. And then you mentioned Edmonds and Michael did a great job putting together some cool stats for him. He was 40th at the position last year in total opportunities, but 20 two in terms of expected points per game part of that comes down to that receiving upside he has 6.5 receiving ep 
last year. Tentative position, we know that that's so crucial, right? So Edmonds probably doesn't have Connor's upside, even if the Dolphins don't add anybody else, which they're going to. But he's a, he's a cool player. He's a very good player. He does something that we need at the NFL level. Without those goal line touchdowns, it's more of a situation, though, where he moves into that running back dead zone, probably as an optimistic projecting he's in the dead zone. And in that area, you draft someone like Edmonds, and they have to stay very, very healthy to pay off because you just have so many other good choices there. That being said, I mean, Edmonds, very interesting, right? He led the NFL last year in terms of yards before contact. A lot of times, analysts will want to put that on the offensive line, you, but you could see the difference, and you can see the difference on every play between, say, a James Conner and a Chase Edmonds type of player. Edmonds, not having to deal with the short yardage carries, but a lot of first and second down carries, the explosiveness there, absolutely fantastic. And so then we kind of look at what the Dolphins have and what they'll want to do. Obviously, Mike McDaniel bringing that Kyle Shanahan influence from San Francisco. We know the 49ers have turned a lot of sort of no-name backs into stars. And so you get a little bit of that enthusiasm. But one of the things, and again, you can pull all of this stuff out of the, the great tools. One of the things I look at here is Edmonds was so much more explosive both before and after contact, right? But when you look at Edmonds and contrast him with Miles Gaskin, who was more the trendy player in the previous season, kind of came out of nowhere and had some very good games for Miami, their broken and missed tackle percentages almost identical in 2021. You look at how they were in their receiving game. Gaskin was better at drawing targets per route, but Edmonds after averaged eight yards after the catch to only 5.2 for Gaskin. It's possible, and I'm not saying that it's the case, but it's possible that the very different offensive contacts account for a lot of these differences and that the Dolphins may have paid for a pretty minimal upgrade. And so when you're looking at the way that these teams come together, I think that that is the thing that you worry about a little bit. At the same time, Chase Edmonds, a player that we've liked, we like these explosive guys, the players who catch passes. I'm a huge fan of the smaller backs. I think that sometimes they don't get their due. And Miami giving themselves a chance now to have some explosiveness and put together an offense with some weapons, with some speed. I think you've got to be enthusiastic about that. Yeah, and like you mentioned it last year, we we were all in on James Conner heading into the 2021 season. I have him on pretty much all my dynasty rosters. I had him on too many, I think, looking back, even though it did work out best ball rosters. When we look at those weeks, if you go back and listen to those shows, we talked week on week on week when Chase Edmonds was out there about how much more explosive he looked, how much faster he looked than James Conner. But now we're in a situation, Sean, what I'm hoping for in 2022 is both of these guys can be on both of our rosters they're on two different rosters in the nfl and they can both have a great season so i'm excited about both of these moves a lot of wide receiver moves made over the last couple of days sean one of those being amari cooper and he was traded to the cleveland browns looked like the cowboys may have been in a situation where they had to cut him i will also toss in then jarvis landry from the cleveland browns was cut from the browns so he is now a free agent they're looking around and then we we talked earlier in the show about Christian Kirk and some of the other money that has been dropped on the wide receiver position over the last 48 to 72 hours. And Amari Cooper's contract that he's holding at the moment with the Cleveland Browns looks to be relatively good business in terms of the, the dollars per year element of it. Cooper, somebody who came into the league with very, very high potential, showed flashes of that with the Raiders, then got traded to the Cowboys, has shown it 
certain moments with the Cowboys too. I think in terms of talent, very, very talented wide receiver. But it hasn't all clicked for him. And obviously there's talk around what the Browns are going to do at the quarterback position. Do they stick with Baker Mayfield this season or long term or how it plays out? But it's not an upgrade at quarterback. We've seen what has happened even with Odell Beckham recently when he left the Browns and is now with the Rams and you know how he got some more opportunities to, to score touchdowns, put up points and things like that from a fantasy football perspective. Michael Gallup then on the other side of that has re-signed with the Cowboys, a five-year contract for him. He was somebody we were targeting in some of our early off-season drafts and Zachary Kruger, um, you know, one of the reasons for that. Obviously, he's come off an injury, but this was, again, we touched there on James Conner. The dream scenario is to get that big contract that he stays there, that now that kind of builds in some insulation to his value. Michael Gallup coming off that injury. Maybe the Cowboys are taking a risk here, but they know the injury status better than anyone so they're pretty confident that he's going to come back this is a very good sign for Gallup so how do you feel Amari Cooper with the Browns I know you know I don't know how excited you are about Jarvis Landry uh, particularly after he cost us the best ball tournament last season Uh, and then we have Michael Gallup with the Cowboys three wide receivers three changes or similarities I suppose for Gallup and landscape but how are you looking at those now versus what we were checking last week with them? That's an interesting guy. Like we've always liked him and yet he never has emerged at the level that seemed he was going to early in his career. And now he's to the point where he's again, just more of a complimentary player. So you can't build your team around him. He had the huge week one last year and then more or less was a non-factor from there. He has one more, 100-yard receiving game, two more games with double-digit targets. He slips into the wide receiver three-tier in terms of targets, yards, air yards, point per game. He's even lower than that in terms of weighted opportunity and expected points on a per-game basis. And there's really nothing that helps rehab that or makes you feel like, okay, he's going to have some sort of resurgence in a worse offense with a worse quarterback. Right, Last season, he dropped to a career-low 3.5 yards after the catch, per reception so he's not bringing the after catch element to the party anymore his first four seasons in the nfl he was never below five yards after the catch per reception so we can see the playmaking ability the running with the ball in his hand portion of it falling off you go to the stealing signals tool and you see that he's third on his team in terms of weighted targets per route and he also find, falls behind Cedric Wilson in terms of yards per route he ties Dalton Schultz and targets per route obviously the two guys ahead of him in the first half there see Liam Michael Gallup Liam now looks like he will emerge as if not a star at least the focal point he's going to get his chance and we want to see him come through Gallup hoping to bounce back from that injury Schultz sort of rounding out the equation for them from a passing standpoint and big boosts in the long term with Gallup and Schultz now that they've shed a few of the extra targets now that doesn't mean they couldn't add and the way that this Dallas Cowboys offense has run over the past several years, they have been diverse, sometimes even to their detriment. Hopefully, CeeDee Lamb can become the type of receiver that wins games for them and doesn't put them in that situation or let them fall into this just tragic loss that was obviously very heartbreaking for the fans, the ownership, all of that in the wild card game last year after what was a very good season where you know one of the best offenses, one of the best defenses in the NFL, you don't want to lose that game i think the cowboys are probably making some good choices the teams who are taking on some of these other players or specifically the cleveland browns because 
Cedric Wilson, I think an interesting deep sleeper there. The Browns still have a lot of work to do, right? In order to have this be an offense where their passing game can complement those elite running backs, they're going to have to still add a true number one. Or, you know, some people object to that terminology. They have to at least add an impact playmaker. I don't think that Amari Cooper is that anymore at this stage. So as we get ready now to wrap things up, we're going through a lot of news here as fast as we kind of can because there has been so much news and we are aware that we also, like I teased at the start of the show, have Danny Kelly coming on on Thursday and Saturday and we're going to talk a lot of stuff about some of the prospects coming in. So we're trying to get through as much as we can on today's show for uh, the free agency side of things. You mentioned Cedric Wilson there. He has moved to the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, three-year 22.8 million dollar contract for him another wide receiver that got money over the last couple of days re-signing with the new york jets was braxton barrios 12 million on two years for him then some news breaking just as we were recording the show we had jd mckissick signing with the buffalo bills on a two-year deal so that's gonna be an interesting one there we've talked a lot about how things might play out for uh, Devin Singletary, obviously it looks like uh, Moss is now on the trade block, so interesting to pair McKissick in there with Josh Allen. I think that's going to be somebody who could be an intriguing target over the, the next couple of weeks and months. Then we also had James White re-signing with the Patriots, so he's he's staying with the Patriots for an, at least one more season. He's been there for quite some time. Uh, another pass catching running back that will be interesting to see where his ADP settles at. And then the Steelers agreed to a deal with the Buffalo Bills for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, what's your thoughts throughout those parts of the news? Anything there standing out for you of, of particular interest? Yeah, this is wheels up for Jalen Waddle and Elijah Moore, right? You do like to see some solid role players in those offenses so that defenses can't exclusively target the stars at the same time. You know, in your ideal world, the secondary and tertiary receivers won't be huge target hogs so i think this is a, a perfect situation for the stars players who are holding those two guys the value has just gone up some more it's frustrating to see mckissick there with the bills that could certainly knock down the ceiling a little bit for devin singletary but i think locks him into still a valuable role it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for the bills to go out and make this move and then draft one of the top running backs on top and so maybe you lose the ceiling but you're helped from a floor perspective and then obviously Jarrett Patterson jumps out we've heard that Washington wants to add a second really good running back to go with Antonio Gibson that's a weird approach in 2022 but if you have Carson Wentz as your starter then maybe every play is a running play (laughs) you can but Patterson is somebody who at least until they waste more resources going in the wrong direction Patterson a player who really flashed at times last year and again was a, a fantastic collegiate player we know the production translates and so I'm excited for him the Steelers make this move with Mitchell Trubisky they now have I think at least three quality backup quarterbacks on their roster so it if we get to where the nfl is is holding some of these minor league games at the same time as the real games are going on in weekends their second team i think should be very well captained at this point it seems like they still have some work to do to find a starter 
Yeah, it, it feels like sometimes if you have a super flex roster and you're really struggling for that second quarterback option and you're like getting these guys who you know may get a move one year down the line and now obviously they've got that with Mitchell Trubisky uh, moving in. Will be interesting. You know, we have seen quarterbacks in the past make improvements. He, he has been with the, the Bills after being with the, the Bears and the Bears situation was a really bad situation for him to be in. He has had some time to to sit behind Josh Allen and you know we, we do see some of he was somebody who came in with very little experience coming into the league so maybe that time has served him well but you know most of the time it's going to be a situation where it, it hasn't done a lot I would still probably think that they'll make some sort of a move in the draft but as you mentioned there's three quarterbacks there they're going to have to make some moves to sort things out in that QB room but I guess you know if it's a situation where he is the starter come week one it's gonna be interesting you know with the the wide receiver talent that they have there i think that would give them some value to have on those rosters uh you mentioned the jj mckissick side of things i think that is not a good sign in a way for single but like you touched on i don't think they will go and and look to really push down on that position in the draft and it feels like washington may do that so the on twitter over the last couple of hours the excitement has been building for antonio gibson that i have a feeling that in like you know the next six weeks that gets uh crushed a little bit but a lot of uh, interesting moves over the last couple of days really enjoyable you know keeping up to some of the buzz around what might happen what mightn't happen obviously i'm keeping up to date with all the Packers stuff um some deals being put through there obviously Devontae adams been one of the final pieces the packers seem to be going all in was what they meant to do last year. I don't know what this season's going to be called because, you know, in three years' time, they're just going to have uh, no money for the next six seasons. But that's, uh, I, I would rather go for it and see what happens at, at that point. But, um, you know, it feels like they're building up to that point where if it was in a, a dynasty league, sometimes that owner just decides that he's not playing anymore after that point. So hopefully the, the Packers keep playing along. But, um, we, we obviously teased at the start of the show, and I mentioned a moment ago, we are going to have Danny Kelly on our two shows later in the week. That is the Thursday and Saturday show. Lots of prospect talk coming up, some about Danny's process, and really looking forward to those shows. Make sure you do give us that written and review on your favorite podcast app. But as we mentioned earlier, we're heading towards 500 on the YouTube channel. We have a contest. You can win yourself. We talk about the FFPC all the time. $125 entry. I'm just disappointed that I can't win it myself. So head on over make sure you hit that uh, tweet and obviously all that information is in today's show notes for the podcast to make it as easy as possible with that we're going to wrap things up the 10 percent discount as always is rv radio 2022 you add that at checkout on rotavis.com save yourself 10 percent. get all the access to the content we talked through today some of the stats sean mentioned he talked about blair uh, and and the content that they put up with free agency all that available on rotavis.com we will be back on Thursday with another show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. And of course, check out all Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back on Thursday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>